Welcome to I Run Radio. Coming up, a Canadian Olympian on sharing the journey. One of the things I love about being able to do these local road races is that, you know, when I'm race walking them, I'm not at the front. I'm not, you know, that one of those elites who you see at the start line and then only ever see if there's an out and back. Um, you know, I kind of put myself in with the masses and I get to chat to people and I get to have, have conversations with people and, and I love that. And, you know, countless times now when I've done, done marathons or half marathons, um, people will come up to me after and say, oh, you know, you pulled me to a PV because I just didn't want to lose to the guy race walking. A glorious finish for a father and son. I just hug him and he like, he keep on telling me like, Dad, we did it. We, we did it really well. I'm so happy, I'm so glad, I'm so proud of you. I mean like, I want to say something to him, but honestly, I can't. Like, I was just crying. And how running has shaped one woman's life story. There's no equipment. It's really just you being out there and propelling yourself forward with each step that you're taking. So I've found um, that through running, um, when I can just be alone with my thoughts and feel strong because it's my own body propelling me forward, um, it's allowed me um, to connect with myself and heal through uh, different experiences that I've had growing up and continue to, you know, deal with on a regular basis. Life's stressful. On this edition of I Run Radio, Evan Dunphy, who finished fourth in the 50-kilometer racewalk at the 2016 Olympics. We'll talk to a writer who says running has helped her overcome childhood abuse and an incredible story of an ultra-marathoner who crossed the finish line with his 12-year-old son. Let's get things started now with the editor and general manager of I Run, Ben Kaplan. Hello, Ben. Hey there. How are you? Oh, I'm feeling good. I'm just back from the Running USA, the annual Running World Trade Show, and this year it was in fabulous Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been many times. Yeah. I know you've, you've ended up in Vegas for a number of different reasons, and I know you like it there. <laughs> well, you know, something about it, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but something about Las Vegas seems to be appealing to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And now you're in Austin, Texas, visiting family, right? Yeah, Austin, Texas, visiting family. And tell you the truth, things just worked out well for me. I just came back from a run, and uh, it's gorgeous here. And it's very hilly, and it's nice. And I love running, as you do, in new cities, yeah. in strange environments. So it was a lot of fun. And, you know, and there's no better way to fight jet lag and all of this stuff. You know, I, I remember when I went to Vancouver. I was so much trying to figure out, like, how many coffees do I need to get myself right? But it's always like, you know what? Maybe it's not that third coffee. What it is is just a run, you yeah. know, to get yourself reoriented. And I, I feel that way. Uh, I, I feel that way right now, too. It's just great. Yeah, running is so portable, too. So you're in Austin, in Texas. I'm in California. I've done some runs in Hollywood, in San Diego. Wow, cool. Uh, I ran a tiny cool. bit on a beach uh, while my kids were playing in the surf. And uh, now I'm I in Anaheim. That. We were at Disney World yesterday. And you can take it anywhere. That's the great thing. And you discover new places. And when you're traveling, you see things you wouldn't see if you were if you were just walking places or driving places. So you get these, you know, kind of this extra tourism benefit from going out for a run in the morning or late in the day, all of that kind of thing. 
the only thing I would say is when I'm on the road with my family, it's actually more challenging to fit in a run than when you're at home and you've got the regular routine, right, and the regular schedule. Yeah. So uh, the other day we went to Disneyland and I think we walked, I, my watch told me we walked something like 12 kilometers at Disneyland, but we were there from eight o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night. So I didn't get in a run, you know, I, I walked 12 yeah. kilometers, but I didn't run because, uh, you know, you're at Disneyland and, and it's a family commitment and you're having a great time and, and there's no time to run, you know, that's it's, you're off your routine. The funny thing about that though, is cause I really do find on those times, I think we've talked about this before. Um, it's important to get in the run and really to make it, make it a priority just yeah. because I feel like if I'm going to go to Disneyland for 24 hours, I might enjoy that more. And my family might enjoy me more if there's not 45 minutes that I get just to run a couple laps around uh, Disney's sure. wheelhouse or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I hear you. Uh, so I've got a marathon this weekend in Ventura, good California. Yeah, I feel pretty good. Uh, so it's it's in Ventura, California. It's called the Seaside Marathon. You run right along the coast of the Pacific Ocean. And by the wow. way, I'd, I'd never been to California before uh, a couple of weeks okay. ago. And, and uh, now, you know, this is one of my favorite places just because the Pacific Ocean <laughs> yeah. is, uh, you know, oh. it's just breathtaking. And getting to watch the sunset there, you know, it's just amazing. Uh, so... Good for yeah, you. I'm a convert here, uh, and uh, I'm a big fan of California now. I want to come back, but to have, have the chance to run along the coast of you know of California in a marathon. Really looking forward to that. Are you going to bring your camera? Are you going to take? You do run with your phone sometimes, don't you? No, not really. Not very often. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay. I probably so you're won't. Not I'll think take... about it. Yeah, I'll think about it. Uh, maybe I'll take some pictures and share them. But there'll be a before and after for know. sure. I, you know, I've never done that. I've, I've, I was like, I'm going to do that, and I never do. But it would be, it sure would be neat to see. I know we'd all like to see what uh, what you're experiencing. But I also understand if you just want to run yeah. your race. Yeah, I guess I did do that in Boston, though, right? Because I remember taking pictures of us right at the start, and I think I took a picture right at the finish line. Uh, you know, so I'm, I guess I've done it before. Because I'm thinking back now and remembering, we you pick, you know you and I standing at the start in the freezing cold in Boston in 2018, <laughs> and uh, me snapping oh. a photo of that. Yeah, good times. All right, hey, Ben. Just one thing I should mention. Wait, yeah. wait, let me mention one thing before we go, and I can't let the let the uh, let the bird out of the hat quite yet. But there is a new race director of the Army Run of the Canada Army Run, which is a race you and I both love. Yeah. And I can say we're, that we, we're not ready to disclose who the person is yet, but I can say this person is wonderful and just going to inject a lot of life into one of the great runs in our country. And uh, just for you listeners, just get, get yourself, put it on your calendar. September is the date, and uh, the Army Run is coming back, and it's coming back strong. All right. What a tease you are. I can't wait to hear more about this. <laughs> All right, Ben, we'll talk to you oh, next good week. Good luck on your race. Thank yeah, you. Enjoy. Ben Kaplan, iRun's editor and general manager. Coming up next, Canadian Olympian Evan Dunphy. This winter, participate in the biggest winter multi-sport event in the world, solo or in a team relay. Complete on a continuous basis the five disciplines of the pentathlon. Cycling, running, Nordic skiing, skating, and snowshoeing. Choose between 17 different challenges. There's one for you. The Pentathlon des Neiges of Quebec, 
presented by MEC from February 22nd to March 1st on the Plains of Abraham in Quebec City. Be part of it. Many Canadians will remember the performance of Evan Dunphy at the 2016 Olympics in Rio, where he finished fourth in the 50-kilometer racewalk and set a Canadian record. Evan is now training to go back to the Olympics this year. He won a bronze medal at the World Championships last year. Evan, thank you for joining us on iRun Radio. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. And there's so many things to talk about, including what you've written for iRun, but uh, I wanted to start with a little of your background and how you got into race walking. Tell me the story of how you ended up in this sport. Yeah, I mean, race walking's, you know, not um, not the glamour event of track and field for sure, so it's something that people kind of just fall into. Everyone kind of has their own story, and, and for me, it was, um, I was 10 years old, I was kind of the shortest kid in the class, the big red red curly hair, thick, thick rim glasses. I was kind of your quintessential um, nerdy character. And I really loved sport, and I wanted to be really good at something. And I uh, had started running. I wasn't really wasn't great at ball sports at that time. Um, and then what, my elementary school started a popsicle stick run. So at lunch, you run a lap of the field. You had a popsicle stick. You run 10 laps, you get 10 popsicle sticks. So I gave that a try thinking, okay, well, there's no balls involved that can hit me in the face and break my glasses. So I started running, and... and quite enjoyed it and um and and just joined a track club and and was sort of pursuing running a little bit and the next year my brother uh had a had an appendicitis and his high school coach said oh okay well here there's this weird thing called race walking maybe it will help uh help you stay fit while your stitches heal because you can't run it's too much jostling on on your stomach try this race walking thing and then when your stitches heal you come back to running and so he he did and I think in his first race, he finished third or something like that. And there's probably only four kids in the race, but I was like, ah, oh, well, if he can do it, it's got to be easy. And he showed me the, showed me the technique and showed me how to do it. And I went to my first race and won the race and beat the time that I had said I wanted to do and was just kind of hooked from there. Wow. So I love stories like this because uh, basically the bottom line is if your brother had not had appendicitis, you might never have discovered this sport and gone to the Olympics, right? I mean, that's the... Oh, ab- absolutely. <laughs> it's so serendipitous. And, and you know, even you, know, you look at um, his high school PE teacher who, uh, he, didn't, he didn't know anything about race walking. He just kind of seen it and thought, hey, this might be something that could possibly help. Uh, and, and, you know, it took... It took a whole confluence of random factors, and uh, it, it's funny how, how those things work. And you know, it's—I will say—one um, of the big reasons I got I wanted to be good at something was I wanted to kind of like silence you know, the kids that were picking on me and, and all that stuff. And I learned in high school that if you wanted to stop people from picking on you, being a race walker was not the way to go. But uh, <laughs> it, it taught me, you know, a lot. A lot about um, growing a thick skin and, and being able to make fun of myself as well. So, um, you know, so much of my personality, I think, has been shaped by, you know, by being a race walker as well. And, and um, I think it's kind of cool how you look at how sport um, affects change throughout, you know, the rest of your life as well. Yeah, and tell me more about that because every sport is different, obviously, and and who knows what makes one sport kind of cool and popular and another one obscure. But 
race walking is unusual. It's it's different from other sports, and it has certain rules and restrictions around uh, the the technique of the sport. So it is it is in a category of its own. So uh, I'm sure that makes it a, a special environment to be in with the other athletes, and and also gives you a unique perspective on athletics, right? Absolutely, yeah. So. You know, for, for those that might not be as initiated, um, so race walking, I like to describe race walking essentially as running with rules. Uh, the aerobic components are all the exact same as running. The training is very similar to how a marathoner would train. Um, we just have to do it within the confines of these two rules that separate us from running. So the, the first rule that most people sort of know about is that one foot has to be on the ground at all times. And the other rule is that our leg has to be straight at the knee from the moment of contact until it passes under our body. So basically our lead leg has to be straight. And, um, and yeah, so it's, it is this kind of weird com- combination of technique and aerobic um, capacity. And it's a, timed, it's a timed race where you can be disqualified. So it is very unique. And um, the one thing I love about I think the thing I love most about it is that no one, none of the world – None of, the, none of the race walkers in the world have gotten into it because they want to win lots of money and be rich and famous. You know, it's everyone sort of has their own unique story about how they sort of fell into, into race walking. And um, a lot of times it's people that just want to pursue their personal potential in something. And um, you know, it, it creates, it fosters a really nice community and a, and a really tight knit group of, of guys where I, I have friends all over the world. I have weddings that I, I get invited to on, all different continents and, <laughs> and couches that I can sleep on, you know, in so many different countries. So it, it's really a special group, and, and I'm so happy for those, you know, random coincidences that took place as a, as a kid that brought me into the sport. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I, I think what you're describing at the elite level of your sport is what some ordinary long-distance runners might experience at the amateur level of their sport, which is everybody's there because they love it, and they're pursuing their own personal goals, not for the glory, right? And not for the—I mean, obviously, there is some glory when you're going to the Olympics. I'm not disputing that. But but to put in all those miles year-round, there's got to be some other form of motivation, and you've got to love what you do to spend that much time doing it. Oh, absolutely. And I I find that—I love— one of the things that I think one of the best things that came out came after the, the Olympics in 2016 was fine, not finally, but um, being sort of going out of my way, having a little bit more clout to enter some of these running road races, you know, Vancouver Marathon and, and, and stuff like that, and, and getting out there and sort of just creeping into the running community, kind of like just sort of like pushing myself into that community and then being accepted with like open arms. Um, I have so much respect for, for the running community and, and so much admiration for what it fosters and, and just the people within it. It's such a special group. And, um, you know, I, I think that there is a very, uh, probably a big similarity between sort of your, your local running community and, and the global race walking community, um, for sure. And one of the things I always get from people is, Oh, you're, you know, you're such a people, I mean, I'm, I, you know, they're inspired by, my training, I, I post all my training on Strava, and, and I'm very open with, with what I do, and, and people tell me how much that sort of helps push them when, when they're down, and I say, oh, Christ, like, you're, you have, you know, you have a full-time job and a family, and you're fitting in, you're, you're fitting in your marathon training around that because you love this thing so much, like, that inspires me, and uh, I think the thing I love most about the running community is there is so much reciprocal motivation, um, or symbiotic motivation, you know, 
people can often don't realize how much they're motivating other people. Um, and they're pulling motivation from all those around them as well. And I, I think that's so special. And, and I think a little bit unique to the running community because it's, you know, the running community is something where you go and do a road race. It doesn't matter if you're Kipchoge or you're a four hour marathoner, you run the same course, you run the same in the same race. And I think that's pretty unique and pretty special and fosters this really cool sense of community. Yeah, you say that so well. And and one of the things I love is that apart from the Kipchoge's and the elite runners at the very front of the pack, uh, most of us on the same day can all accomplish our goals and not at the expense of each other, right? So we can all get out there and do what we want to do and support each other and, and achieve our goals. One of the things I love about being able to do these local road races is that, you know, when I'm race walking them, I'm not at the front. I'm not, you know, that one of those elites who you see at the start line and then only ever see if there's an out and back. Um, you know, I kind of put myself in with the masses and I get to chat to people and I get to have, have conversations with people. And, and I love that. And, you know, countless times now when I've done, done marathons or half marathons, um, people will come up to me after and say, oh, you know, you pulled me to a PV because I just didn't want to lose to the guy race walking. <laughs> and you know, that's one of the best compliments I think I've ever gotten is that people, you know, were, were motivated to try to beat me. Um, and it, and it pushed them to do something they'd never done before. Um, yeah, it's, it's so cool to hear stuff like that. And just to be able to be out there and have those conversations with people and, you know, just ask them, Hey, what do you love about running and, and, and hear those stories. So, uh, I consider myself very, very lucky to, to get to do that sort of stuff and, and, be amongst the community a little bit more than your elite runner um, might be. Yeah, and uh, I mean, to put it in perspective, I look at your times, and it's amazing. You're you're doing 50 kilometers in under four hours, and and uh, and most people would be happy to run in that time without the restrictions that you have on on your technique. So it's amazing what you do. But when you when you go to an event like the Vancouver Marathon and you participate, is that is that training for you? Is that is that your goal at an event like that? Yeah, certainly. So um, use use stuff as training. The nice thing about race walking is that it's lower impact than running. Um, so we are able to put in a little bit more um, uh, high mileage training. So I can do, when I'm in heavy training, I can do two 40 to 45K walks a week. Uh, and so finding local marathons to do, it's always better company to have you know, surround yourself with a few thousand people than it is to go out and slog through uh, 40 to 45K on your own. Sure. Um, so I, I, I love any of those options I get. Um, I work with uh, an ambassador for Run Van who organized the BML Marathon in Vancouver and uh, a number of other local road races. So um, get to go and I'll hang out at the expos and and sort of do whatever I can to help um, help in the community as well and then get to do the races, which is always really fun. And I know in what you wrote for iRun, you talked about the power of sport and the power of athletes. Uh, tell me more about your feelings on that. And I know you've spoken to thousands of uh, school kids and shared your story. You alluded to it earlier, the the experience you had and why you wanted to become an athlete. So tell me a little bit about uh, what you've learned about this power. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I was so, last year I was able to go in and talk to 10,000 school kids as part of um, a fundraiser I was doing for kids sport. And it was, it was honestly the, one of the, I think the thing I'm most proud of in my, in my track career. 
um, getting to organize that that fundraiser and, and get in there and share my story and, and connect with the kids. And um, a lot of what I talk about was just the power that sport has and, and the magic that sport has. And, and for me, especially, you know, my story is one of being a very, I was a very sore loser. I was, you know, had very poor sportsmanship. I defined success as winning and anything else was failure. And, you know, sport easily could have just kicked me out and been like, nope, you're, you're not the person you're, we're not, you're not the person we're looking for, but sport is this like super safe environment where you can kind of learn and make mistakes and screw up and the stakes aren't very high. And so you keep coming back and you keep getting a little bit better and a little bit better and you keep, you know, just keep going in the right direction. And eventually sport can sort of transform who you are as a person. And, and for me, sport has really defined um, who I am and, and given me all these characteristics and traits that are valuable. And once I, once I eventually enter the real world, um, cause I don't, I don't believe elite sport is, <laughs> is the real world at all. Um, I believe that I'm living in a fairy tale still. Um, but, these traits that I've gotten through sports and that, you know, every single kid that plays sport learns, um, whether it's time management or discipline or hard work, all these things are super valuable in, in, in the adult world. And, um, sport kind of fosters those things in this really safe space. So, you know, I, I do believe that sport has this really amazing power and getting to share that, you know, that sentiment and, and also raise money to make sure that more kids, get the chance to get their foot in the door um, was, was a really special thing to do and, and really helped show me what, um, what power athletes can have in terms of uh, sharing their story and connecting with people. That's so well said, uh, and uh, I hope the fairy tale continues for you for as long as possible. In your Twitter bio, it says Olympic non-medalist. I, I hope this is the year you're able to edit that and, and change the wording of that in your Twitter bio. Evan, thank you so much for joining us, and, and thanks for all you do. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. That's Canadian Olympian Evan Dunphy. Coming up next, a father and son cross the finish line together. This winter, participate in the biggest winter multi-sport event in the world, solo or in a team relay. Complete, on a continuous basis, the five disciplines of the pentathlon. Cycling, running, Nordic skiing, skating, and snowshoeing. Choose between 17 different challenges. There's one for you. The Pentathlon des Neiges of Quebec, presented by MEC from February 22nd to March 1st on the Plains of Abraham in Quebec City. Be part of it. Jose Rios is an ultramarathon runner from Calgary. Last year, he completed the 55-kilometer race at the Calgary Marathon, and he managed to time it so that his son, Elian, was completing the 5K race at the same time. It's a great story. Jose, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for, for giving me this chance to tell you a little bit of my story. Thank you. And tell me how you got into running. You have a great story to tell about running with your son, which we'll get to in a moment, but how did you get into running and doing these longer distance races, 50K and longer? Okay, well, this is like around six years ago, five years ago. Um, I I went to... Actually, my first race was in the Calgary Marathon, and then... I started to run like half marathon and then I saw Dave Proctor running on the treadmill that time. 
I'm doing like I don't I don't remember exactly like more than 200 miles on a treadmill. Then I went home and then I start to search about it. And then little by little I start to race like uh, a marathon, 50k. Then I went up to 75, 100k. 150, 100 miles, and next year I'm going to try my 200 miles. Wow. That's the way I started, yeah. 200 miles, which is 320 kilometers. Yeah, that's right. It's, um, I'm going to try to do that in Mexico on okay. July. So let's see how that goes. And what is it that you like about running these longer distances? Well... I, you know what, I really like just to be alone. I have too much time to think about too many things. And of course, I like to push myself. I like that feeling. And I like to achieve that, that goals that I have. That, that's why I basically like to run long distance. So let's talk about this race that you did, uh, not not quite 200 miles like the one you're training for now, but still a, an ultra marathon, and you ended up finishing the race with your son. So first of all, how did you get your son into running? Okay, so of course my son, my son is uh, 12 years old now, but since I started running, he always checking on me like what I'm doing when I'm training and all that. So, uh, three, four, I don't know, like six months before the Calgary Marathon, I talked to him and I said, hey, would you, would you like to run the 5K? And he said, yeah. So, I talked to him and I said, you want to do it just like fun running and just finish the 5k or you want to really do it he said no i really want to do it so we start with this thing like i start to train him like uh three days a week and seems to me like he like it and every time he challenged me like i can be faster than you i travel faster than you um yeah that's what that's the way uh, I got I got him into running. So he was going to do the five k race at the Calgary Marathon, and you were going to do yeah. you were going to do the fifty five k. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And you ended up so, you ended up actually running the uh, a portion of the race together. Tell me how that happened. Okay, so we talk about it. Like I say, I talk to him, and I say, I'm going to start at seven o'clock. Uh, at the morning, so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to pace myself. So once you start, because the five k start at noon, so I'm gonna look for you. Just always keep your keep yourself on the right hand. So I'm gonna look for you. So once I before I get to the finish line, I stop. Like I didn't care about my time, and I just wait for him. And I saw him. He was wearing uh, uh, our Mexican flag, and I give him my one cap that I have for the 150 
gay that I ran before. So I saw him, I said, okay, let's do it. But it's like, that time, and like, I can, like, I was so excited to see him just right beside me. Like, I was super excited to to see him there, and he was pushing me. Because I was tired. I was a bit tired, and um, yeah, that was, wow, that was amazing. It must have been great. You're at the toughest part of the race, the final 5K of the race for you, and all of a sudden you have your son there. Uh, did that give you the boost of energy you needed to get across the finish line? All the way. All the way. Like, Mark, he was all the time telling me, because I started to feel some cramps in the last two Ks. I mean, like, I told him, hey, I need to walk a little bit because I'm, I'm about to have a cramps. And he said, yeah, you can walk, but we need to finish, and we need to go, and we need to go. And he hold my hand, and he start to push me, to push me, to push me all the way up to we get the finish line. So yeah, was a plus. Like was a was really great. So tell me what happened at the finish line. Well, on the finish line, I remember like I took my phone like maybe 100 meters before the finish line. And I started to record him. And then uh, once we got there, like, I just hugged him and he, like, he keep on telling me, like, that we did it. We, we did it really well. I'm so happy. I'm so glad. I'm so proud of you. And he, like, I want to say something to him, but honestly, I can't. Like, I was just crying, and my heart is like feeling so excited about to see him running beside me. Because, of course, running has been my passion for almost five years, right? And all I want that moment is enjoy my son and see how he can achieve something together with me, and especially running. So. He just keep on hugging me, and basically, he's the one taking care of me that time. That moment that when I hug him, I want to say something, but honestly, I can't. Like, I just keep crying. Yeah, I understand. What a, what a special moment. You're never going to forget that, are you? No, never. Never, never. Like, uh, after we finished, uh, he took me um, to take some water. And his eyes just were sparkling, and he keeps on looking at me like I I felt like he's just saying like you're my hero. And then before before we get out of that area, the finish line area, he say I'm so proud of you. And by the time I I can talk, so I say. Hey, I'm so proud of you, and I feel so happy. Um, yeah, we just hugging each other like like a crazy. What a wonderful story, Jose! Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Congratulations to you and your son, and good luck as you continue to take on these amazing ultra marathons. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for your time and to be so kind with me and thank you for letting me share a little bit of this story. I really appreciate it and I wish you all the best and Happy New Year. 
That's Jose Rios coming up next, a writer who says running is part of her identity. This winter, participate in the biggest winter multi-sport event in the world, solo or in a team relay. Complete on a continuous basis the five disciplines of the pentathlon. Cycling, running, Nordic skiing, skating, and snowshoeing. Choose between 17 different challenges. There's one for you. The Pentathlon des Neiges of Quebec, presented by MEC from February 22nd to March 1st on the Plains of Abraham in Quebec City. Be part of it. Vanessa DeHoog is an elementary school teacher in Ottawa who is training for the Boston Marathon in April. It will be her second. She says running has helped her recover from an abusive childhood. She now has started a track club for children in Ottawa called the Canada Mavericks. Vanessa, welcome to I Run Radio. Thank you very much for having me. And you wrote that running is a huge part of your identity. Tell me how that happened. How did it, it come to be such a big part of your life? Growing up, I was introduced to running by my dad, actually, um, and had a very negative relationship with the sport because I was kind of forced into it. Um, And over time, I actually had to take a break from it and then was reintroduced to the sport by a fantastic coach in high school who had run several Boston marathons and inspired me to get back into the sport. And I set a goal for myself uh, to run a Boston marathon someday uh, in his honor, essentially. And then he helped me uh, throughout high school to become a runner again and get to Queens and participate at the varsity level. Um, And I guess just over time, uh, having all those runs where you can just reconcile problems that you're going through um, with your own thoughts and just the rhythm of your feet hitting the pavement has really shaped who I am and want to give back to the community as a coach now. So running has been therapeutic for you, is that fair to say? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and tell me tell me more about that. I guess you. I understand you had, you had a tough childhood, obviously. Yeah, so I think that um, what I love about running, and I mentioned this in some of the writing that I've done, um, is compared to other sports, um, there's no equipment. It's really just you being out there and propelling yourself forward with each step that you're taking. So I've found um, that through running, um, when I can just be alone with my thoughts and feel strong because it's my own body propelling me forward, um, it's allowed me um, to connect with myself and heal through uh, different experiences that I've had growing up and continue to, you know, deal with on a regular basis. Life's stressful. Um, But I just think that because it's just you out there, um, you finish a run, and it's not, you know, a pair of skates. It's not uh, a ball or a stick. It's just your body that has allowed you to accomplish something. Um, And I've found that to be very powerful in terms of, um, you know, healing and therapy and uh, finding internal strength to uh, move forward through some of the difficulties that I've faced in life. And you've also, you found some solace in writing about it as well, in writing about running and about the experiences that you've been through, right? Absolutely, yes. Growing up, actually, I used to keep a journal, um, and I didn't realize um, until now, I've kept all these diaries from my childhood. Um, Just, I think, how much (laughs) writing and running 
um, was a huge part of what it was. Uh, well, it was a huge part of my childhood. And I haven't written in a very long time or kept a journal. Um, and I have um, a wonderful colleague who's encouraged me to take up writing again and to do so in relationship with training for this Boston. Um, so when I ran my first Boston in 2018, it was kind of in honor of my high school coach and to uh, run for him because uh, he had encouraged me to get back into the sport. And I think that running this Boston in 2020, I'm using it as an opportunity to write and train. Um, and I think just heal some uh, wounds that I think uh, need a little bit more work. So with each run that I'm doing along uh, this journey of training, I'm trying to log um, the ones that have had, you know, a little bit more of a therapeutic impact on me. Um, and so while 2018, uh, the Boston, I think, was about proving something, I think uh, running Boston 2020 is about healing something. Okay, wow, that's very well said. Now, uh, I was at the 2018 Boston Marathon. That was a crazy day, uh, ridiculous oh weather. <laughs> so yes, that was your... Was. Yeah, that was your first Boston experience. I hope this year the weather's a little more cooperative. Uh, just tell me about the experience of running Boston the first time under those conditions, but fulfilling that dream that you had since you were younger when when you uh, met this coach who had run Boston. Yeah, so I remember, oh my gosh, so we're out at the field outside the school um and just having garbage bags all over my body and strapping them trying to keep myself dry and having layers of clothes that friends who had previously run boston knew that you could uh layer up and then kind of strip down on your way to the start line so i think everybody there like the wind was howling we're in mud fields um we were just essentially a couple of my friends and i trying to stay warm uh then I think the nerves kind of kick in when you're walking down uh, towards the start line and you realize this is real. This is actually happening. Um, and I'm peeling off the garbage bags and all of the extra layers of clothes I didn't want to race in. And um, as they kind of do the countdown and you're heading through the start line, um, I did tear up um, and cry a little bit because it was just such a impactful moment for me and represented so many different things um, manifesting into this one, you know, step across the starting line. And um, you kind of head on a downhill at the beginning of the course. And I don't know that my stomach was ready for that. So Boston 2018 is the only race I've ever had to make a pit stop during. <laughs> and um, the conditions with the cold and the wind, um, I just wasn't ready for it. And, um, so I was actually freezing, completely freezing that uh, entire time. And because my stomach had been upset at the beginning, um, all of the gels and everything that I had planned to take, I actually didn't take uh, during the race because I was scared that it would continue to aggravate me. So I ran the entire marathon <laughs> without taking in any fuel um, and while freezing. But... Um, when I was in the final mile, um, I knew that my family was going to be uh, on the final turn uh, near the finish line. And I just told myself, because at this point, I'm essentially completely uh, depleted of everything. Um, and I just told myself to get to my family, to get to my family and my best friend who had come up. And uh, hitting that corner, um, I was in 
tears, complete tears, because I was in so much pain. I was freezing, and you're making that final turn uh, to the finish line, and I heard, um, sorry, I'm going to get emotional talking about this, um, my best friend calling my name, wow. and I just crossed the street and uh, ran over to them, and uh, they all pulled me into a hug, and you know, her flight had been canceled, my best friend, and she even, like, had driven 24 hours just to see me cross the finish line. And so they wrapped me in a, a huge hug, and um, then I could, like, sprint the last 400 meters because, you know, that was all the fuel, I guess, I really needed. Um, didn't need a gel, just needed a hug <laughs> from someone who loves me. So um, then I had to go to the medic tent because I was, like, hypothermic. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, this year hopefully the weather's better. <laughs> yeah, wow, what a story! Uh, what a what a, what a memory as well from uh, your experience in Boston. So the other thing that I think I want to emphasize about what you're doing is that you've started a track club for kids. Uh, you're an elementary school teacher, and you've you've uh, you're obviously involved in the lives of young people that way. But uh, you've combined your your love of kids and your love of running. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so my colleague and I um, had been chatting over lunch in the staff room about sport and accessibility to sport, essentially. And he had been um, involved in track clubs growing up, and I, because of financial uh, situations, wasn't ever able to be put into sports um, in that capacity. So I was thinking about how I would like to leave a legacy in the city of Ottawa um, to allow sports to become accessible to kids in a way that kind of made sense to me. So we came up with the idea to uh, found uh, to create the Canada Mavericks, which is essentially a track club for kids in the West End right now, um, and it's free. And right now we can't train during the winter because we do it at a soccer field out in Canada. Um, and it's essentially the opportunity for kids in grades three to six right now. Uh, they were coming out uh, two evenings a week and we were having them run track workouts just like you would at a track club. We would do warm-ups, uh, a workout and a cool down. And we finished every uh, workout at the end. Um, actually, my colleague would read them excerpts from different running literature. So we would sit and we gave all the kids chocolate milk and bagels on occasion. And we would just read to them powerful um, excerpts from books that had, you know, shaped uh, our relationship with running and the kids would enjoy their chocolate milk, listen to some uh, good reading and then head on their way. Um, we also encouraged them, but it wasn't mandatory, um, to participate in races if they wanted to. But our focus was more so about building community um, with each other. Um, and if they wanted to race, Run Ottawa had a whole series of free 5K races that the athletes could participate in if they wanted to. So it really was um, exciting to get that initiative up and running this summer. And we're going to be opening up uh, registration and stuff again in the spring. Wow. It's just that we don't have the facilities in sure. the winter right now to train with the kids, but it'll be back up again in the spring for sure. 
Well, that sounds amazing. Well, congratulations on all you've done, Vanessa, and best of luck as you continue to train for your second Boston Marathon. Again, fingers crossed that the weather will be a little bit better this year, but I hope you have just as memorable an experience, maybe for different reasons this time. And thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you very much. That's Vanessa DeHoog, an elementary school teacher, runner, and writer in Ottawa. Once again, Happy New Year. Hope you accomplish all your goals this year. I hope you can join us next week on iRun Radio and every week throughout the year. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.